Welcome to the Landmark Apostolic Church Podcast. We hope that this message inspires you and brings impact to your life. Enjoy the message. Amen. You know, there are some things in the Word of God that that do cause uh, for us to pause and make sure that our heart is right and that we're ready to go. We don't know what the future holds a lot of times, but I'm glad that I'm in the hand of the one that does know the future. Amen. Our text today, um, I'm going to take it from Matthew chapter 15. If you'd like to stand for the reading of the word, it's, it's about eight verses long. Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, then Jesus went thence and departed into the coast of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. But he answered her not a word, not a word. And his disciples came and besought him, saying, Send her away, for she crieth after us. Modern-day terminology, they went up to Jesus and said, Lord, get rid of her. She won't shut up. She's being disruptive. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Basically, what Jesus is saying here is, Woman, your problem is not my responsibility. I'm here for the Hebrew people. I'm here for the lost sheep of Israel. I'm not here for you. You're not a Hebrew. But the Bible goes on to say that then came she and worshiped him saying, Lord, help me. But he answered her and said, it is not meat or it's not proper to take the children's bread and cast it to dogs. That's when she said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. And her daughter was made whole from that very hour. Now, when most people think of Jesus, they picture a man of love and compassion full of wisdom. I doubt anyone ever thinks of Jesus as being rude. But what we just read today, I don't know how any of us could look at that and say, that was kind of rude. That was kind of harsh. But I believe that if you'll just allow me a few moments of your time this morning, I'm going to help us understand Sometimes Jesus has to dig certain things out of us. Sometimes the words are harsh, but they still have purpose. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated today. I'm going to teach a lesson that I've entitled Crumbs. Crumbs. Now, crumbs are something that I'm very familiar with living around my house. Uh, uh, now with six grandchildren, by the way, we had a beautiful bouncing baby boy born into the Jones family, uh, Reddick Allen Jones, eight pounds, five ounces, 20 inches long, uh, and uh, he will be the newest crumb snatcher that will be added 
to the Rice household, uh, grandchildren, six, uh, five grandsons and, uh, and one granddaughter. And I share this grandson with Brother Charlie, and Grandma Jones, and uh, my wife here, and we've got some aunts and uncles that are here today. Uh, beautiful, beautiful baby boy that was born today. <clears throat> uh, not today, but uh, October the 1st. And so uh, around our house, you know, I, um, I will sit down sometimes in my chair and be looking for my glasses, can't find something, I've lost something, I'll shove my hand down into the crease of my chair looking for my glasses only to find uh, anything but my glasses usually. Crumbs are everywhere. My grandchildren love to climb up in my lap and eat their cookies, their crackers, whatever it is they're eating. And so crumbs are something that, in my opinion, are slightly annoying, but they I would rather have my grandchildren with their crumbs than not have my grandchildren, okay? I'll take the crumbs. And, and so <clears throat> with that in mind, I, I want us to understand that sometimes the very smallest of things that most people would disregard when they come from God are worth something. Some people want a total solo one-on-one with God or, or with uh, God's man or with whatever they, they deem in their mind as being sufficient for their need. And oftentimes, I believe that it's easy for us to overlook that it just takes a crumb when it falls from the master's table to suffice our needs. This story that I just read to you has a happy ending, but it it could have gone entirely different direction than it did because most people's circumstance probably would, uh, most people would have probably walked away at, at the very first rejection that they got from Jesus when he simply ignored her. This woman had very little in her favor in the day that she lived. The day and hour that she lived was not an easy place to be for someone like her. She was a social outcast, someone to be disdained. She was a woman, a Greek woman, a pagan, and what was even worse, a Canaanite woman. Now, the Orthodox Jew, even to this day, have a prayer that they pray. (laughs) It's going to sound rather harsh. They pray, Lord, I thank thee that I was not born a woman or a Gentile. How rude. I mean, we live in a day, uh, a society that uh, there's a lot of things pushed forward about equality, and I think we've made great strides, and a woman is not a man and a man is not a woman. I don't believe that that uh, that they ought to reverse roles or anything like that, but I believe that God intended for the woman to do everything that the man can't do. And that the man should do what the woman cannot do. And in combining the two together, you have a union of strength. Okay? But this day and hour that she lives in is a strange time, kind of a cruel time. But even with all these things working against her, 
She had this one quality that put her in a circle of people that are hard to deny when their backs are against the wall. She was a mother. I would rather fight off three men than one mother defending a child. I guarantee you, my wife would be vicious if somebody was trying to harm one of her children or grandchildren. Five foot one, timid, tame, but you back her into a corner and you come after her and she has one of her grandchildren on the line, I guarantee you she would not fight fair. She'd pick up the biggest club that she could find. She'd grab a gun. She'd grab something. She'd pick up something, and she would hit you with it. If a baseball bat was close and you were coming after one of her grandchildren, she would come out swinging. There's no doubt in my mind. Most mothers would. And this mother was very much the same way. She was a mother with a sick child, one that was, as the Bible said, vexed with a devil. And for the first time since she could remember, she looked at a man and said, maybe there's hope for my daughter. I may not have been able to find it anywhere else, but I have heard stories about this man named Jesus. I've heard that he's raised people from the dead. I've heard that blinded eyes were opened. I've heard that demons were cast out of others. And if he did that for them, maybe, just maybe, there might be a chance that he might do that for me. I know that things aren't working in my favor. I know that I don't belong here. I know that people are going to look at me sideways just for asking the question. I may get rejected, but I am willing to do whatever it takes to get my child the help that they need. I believe that she completely understood the gap that she was trying to bridge here. I don't believe that she was full of herself. I don't believe that she thought more highly of herself than she ought. I don't believe any of that. I believe that she understood that she was socially and ethically, uh, what she was looking for was by most standards an impossibility. I believe that she went there knowing that she might be rejected. But if by crossing a social, ethical, and religious line, she could find the help that her daughter needed, then so be it. You know what I think? I think that miracles are oftentimes born out of desperation. I think that oftentimes we seek answers in every other avenue. And when all of those other avenues run out and we're faced with a dilemma that seems to have no answer, that we take that to God. And when we take that to God, we're so desperate because God has become our last hope that God looks down on our desperate situation. And oftentimes he provides the miraculous when we become desperate. And he is our only option. I believe God still looks for people that would throw limits out the window in order to see God move. I believe that the boundaries that sometimes we create around our own 
belief, our own faith sometimes, that God can go up to this certain point, but he can't go any further. God can handle it to this point, but he can't take us any further. I believe that God is looking for people and and a church that is willing to remove all of those roadblocks and all of those boundaries and say, is there anything that is too hard for our God? For with God, all things are possible. I still believe that nothing is impossible with God. I believe that. But something that usually didn't happen happened here in this instant. Jesus, he ignores somebody who is crying for help. This seems very uncharacteristic of the master. We see where he goes out of his way to go to this woman at the well, have a meeting there. We must go through. He tells the disciples, no, we're, we're headed in a direction that's going to take us out of our way and into territory that we don't even usually set foot in, but I've got a purpose and a reason, and he, he makes his way to this well where he meets this woman at the well. He, he goes out of his way to go there, but now he has somebody that is begging and crying out for his help. Yes, another woman, but the... Uh, the the woman at the well was she was not uh, she was not saved either, and so he's looking at this woman and he's ignoring her. He's treating her completely different than he treats this woman that was at the well, paying her no attention. She's crying out, and Jesus and his disciples, and Jesus just simply keeps on going. He doesn't even break stride. He doesn't look her away. Or if he does, he just looks at her, but he does not respond. He just ignores her cries for help. This does not seem like the characteristics of the Jesus that I've read about, the Jesus I know. She's crying, and he simply ignores her. Now, me, I have a little bit of pride, I must admit. There's one thing that, that, I, I, that I really have a tough time tolerating, and I don't care where it's at or who it's with. I mean, I would rather somebody chew me out. I would rather my boss take me in the office and give me a chewing out. And you can't do this anymore, Doug. You've got to stop this, or you made a mistake, or you did this. I would rather him do that. Just don't ignore me. Send me away. Tell me to come back another day. Ridicule me if you want, but please don't pretend like I don't exist. And that's what Jesus is doing to this woman. To most people, that would have been enough to discourage them to the point of giving up. Most people would have taken the lack of response of Jesus as a negative, as a no. Well, he must not care about me. My need must not uh, be great enough for him to stop. He doesn't look at me the same way that he looks at others. But Jesus, that wasn't, that, that wasn't what he was going for here. When you truly believe, when you find yourself in a desperate situation, there are times when your faith will simply not allow you to take no for an answer. 
Now, I don't know if anybody else has ever been there, but I've been there before. I've been there, and you know what? I've not always gotten the answer that I desired to have, but I, I have been in a place where I, I, I've, I've said, Lord, um, I'm not leaving here until you, you do something. Will you have such a faith that God doesn't have to split the clouds wide open. You're just looking for a crumb, a morsel, something small. God, just give me anything, but don't ignore me. Sometimes we look at things and we see them as not being worth the trouble for just a few crumbs. But when you understand that there is enough power in the crumbs to meet your need, all of a sudden the crumbs become important. The crumbs become valuable. The crumbs become something of high value. Send her away, master, the disciples said. But instead of sending her away, He drives the nail just a little bit deeper by calling her a dog. Adding insult to injury. He's already ignored her. Then he told her basically as he spoke to the disciples, and I'm sure she was in earshot, I'm not here for you. I've not come here for this. You're not a part of the Hebrew lineage. And now he says, you know what, what I have, it's not proper for me to take the bread that's intended for the children and feed it to the dogs. I believe Jesus knew the beginning from the end and he was setting her up to be able to teach those that were there that day a lesson that we have all gleaned from for thousands of years now. She should have been insulted. I would have been. Would you not have been insulted, Brother Charlie, if somebody said, listen, man, you're just a dog. You're just a dog. I can remember being a cruel uh, a teenager, and when you had somebody that you didn't think was pretty enough, you said, nah, you don't want to date her. She's a dog. That's a good way to get a fat lip. That's an insult. And Jesus looks at her and he says, you're not anything more than a dog. She should have gotten angry. Pride could have left her standing there as Jesus walks away, but instead of taking it as a negative, she sees a loophole that she is presented with. And she looks at him, and in her faith uh, that was in him, uh, it didn't require that she sit at a table for a meal. She said, you got that right, Lord. I don't deserve to sit down at the table with you. God, I realize today who I am and that I don't belong. None of that makes any difference to me. I realize that I'm not here to just walk with you arm in arm and that we're not going to become bosom buddies. She said, you're right. I don't belong, but even the dogs get to eat of the crumbs that fall from the master's table. She said, I'm not looking for a four-course meal. I'm not looking for dessert and steak and potatoes. 
She says, all I need is what falls off the table of the master. Whatever you have that's left over, I'll take that. I just need the smallest of crumbs. And you're right, I am a dog. You're right, I don't belong. But I'm here to tell you that even the dogs get to come up around the table and clean up of the things that fall off of that table. I believe it was in that moment that was frozen in time that we see Jesus unlock a door to the floodgates of blessings that he wants his people to have. I don't know about you, but I want the blessings of the Lord. I want the blessings of the Lord. I'm glad that I'm grafted into the body. I'm glad that I'm a child of God. I'm glad now that I get to set up to the table, but how many people are out there feeling disconnected and feeling so far away and feeling like dogs? How many people out there are looking at things saying, I know I don't belong here. I know God doesn't, uh, I don't deserve God's forgiveness, but I'll just take the crumbs. And if we can be a type of church that says, listen, why don't you come on up. Why don't you become part of this? I started out as a crumb snatcher myself. I started out with just some crumbs, but I have found that the master has invited me to sit at his table. Jesus responds, and his response goes well beyond the normal response. He didn't just say, Great is thy faith, be healed. Great is thy faith, be whole. No, he doesn't do that. He said, oh, woman, this is when everything changes. First I ignore you, then I tell you you don't belong, and then I call you a dog. And still I can't shake you off. Would to God that we would have some of that same kind of tenacity to get what we need from God, to see revival in our city, to see revival in our families. Would to God that when we knelt down and prayed, we didn't just say, God, if it be your will, save them. We already know it's God's will for everybody to be saved. He came to seek and save those which were lost, and everybody's lost until they find a Savior. It's his will already. So why don't we get down to business and say, God, I'm here, and I'm going to have this tenacity of faith. I'm not going to quit believing. I'm just going to keep on pressing forward. I'm not going to leave you alone with this until I see something happen. He says, great is thy faith. Be it unto thee even as thou wilt. In other words, Jesus says, Whatever you want, yours. I'll give you carte blanche. Sometimes we think that we can only find our answer if we go to a certain conference. We can only find our answer if there's a certain preacher that comes by and 
and preaches because he always, he always speaks to our heart or we have to have a, a, a man that works in the gifts of the Spirit lay his hands upon us and whisper some insight into our ear. And I'm not downing any of those things. Those are all wonderful things. But I wonder how many miracles we miss just because we think that we can only receive a miracle from sitting at some great banquet table somewhere when God says all you need is a few crumbs. If you'll just come and worship me, if you'll just come to regular service and give it all you've got, I have have miracles that are waiting for you to receive. Sometimes the answer is found in the crumbs. She understood that the smallest crumb from the master's table was more than enough. It was great faith in a small crumb that sent a demon packing and delivered her daughter because the Bible says that her daughter was made whole from that same hour. Why? Because some woman, some woman that had been ignored, told she didn't belong, and insulted, just wouldn't give up. So if there's enough power in a crumb that a Gentile woman can receive a whatever you want is yours response, how much more do we have that have received the bread of life? That are filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Walking in the Spirit. Sometimes I don't believe the disciples realize what they had in walking side by side with the master. It was the disciples that said, send her away. And Jesus said, we'll do this your way. I think Jesus already knew what he was dealing with here in this lady. This wasn't about the lady. This was about the disciples. This was about the church learning a lesson that you just don't send people away that are hurting. You just don't send people away feeling like they're not good enough or they don't belong or they don't fit in or they've got nothing to offer. No, the church ought to be a church that has its arms open to whomsoever will. Says, come on in. Why don't you enjoy a little bit of what we have? We have the bread of life, and maybe you can't handle the whole thing right off the bat. Maybe you're just a crumb snatcher. Maybe you're just here for the crumbs, but even the crumbs have miraculous power to transform lives. The smallest touch from God has the power to change the darkest sinner's heart. <laughs> That's why I have hope. Because I know people. I know people that if you look at them on the outside, you say, it could never happen. They would never come to church, but I also know that I used to be one of those people. I used to be one of the ones that somebody looked at and said, mm, I don't know about this kid, but glory to God, I wanted some crumbs, and in the search for the crumbs, I found that there was more at the master's table than I could ever eat. There's so much more that he wants to give. God has a way of bringing us into the house of bread. It's easy to get used to having plenty. 
Forget the power of the bread of life. We need to be reminded to whom much is given, much is required. Our music come this morning. John chapter 6, verse 32. I'm wrapping up rather quickly here. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven and giveth life unto the world. Then they said unto him, Lord, evermore, give us this bread. I'd like some of that. Bread from the Father. I'm hungry. How many know somebody that's hungry? I'm not talking about for lunch. I'm talking about for something inside, deep inside of them, something that will satisfy them. There's, there's things that, that, that will never be able to satisfy you. You can write out a big check. You can buy things. It'll bring, bring you pleasures for a season, but it cannot satisfy the soul. It takes the bread of life to satisfy the hunger inside of a man that comes from his heart. They said, we'll take some of that bread. Jesus said, I'm glad to hear it. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. and He that believeth on me shall never thirst. There's a beautiful story in the Word of God where Jesus is on the hillside. The people have been with him for a long time listening to him teach. They're hungry and town is just too far. He's going to lose the crowd and so they start searching around. Is there anybody here that has any food? And one little boy's got some fish and some loaves. Jesus said, that'll do. God, how's it going to feed all these people? It's just you break it all up. There's nothing more than just a few crumbs here for everybody can have the teeny tiniest. There's no way that these crumbs are going to feed this, this mass of people here. And in their world, they're right. But it's when it's touched by the master's hands that everything changes. When Jesus touches it, everything becomes different. So Jesus looks at that mass of people and he looks at what's been handed to him. A few fish, a few loaves of bread. The Bible says he does something with it. He blesses it and then he breaks it. And then he puts it in the hands of his disciples. Here's a piece for you and a piece for you. Here's some bread for you and some fish for you. And I want you to go start dispersing this. Now, they couldn't have had more than just a piece in each hand. A small piece in each hand. It didn't start 
multiplying when Jesus handed it to them. It started multiplying when they began to hand it to others. We have a great responsibility, church. What we have been given, we can either set on it. There was probably enough there to feed the disciples that were there that day, and they could have gone off and had their meal and been satisfied enough to get them to their next meal. They probably had enough to feed them, but Jesus had bigger plans than that. He knew what crumbs could become if faith was allowed to be mixed into it. They start giving that bread away. And every time they look in their hand, the same piece is there. They just keep breaking it off. They give more fish out. And when they give it away, another one is there. It just keeps multiplying and multiplying and multiplying until every person there has had more than enough to eat. And they had, I believe it was 12 baskets of leftovers. Now you tell me this. How great is the God that can leave you with more in the leftovers than you started with in the beginning. But it would have never happened had they not gave it away, had they not handed it to the hungry. What we have, the loaves, the bread of life has been intended, it's already been broken broken on Calvary's cross crown of thorns, the nails the spear he's bruised broken he gave himself for the church but he gave himself to the church so that the church would share the bread of life with others would you stand with me this morning well I'm too nervous to give a home Bible study it's hard for me to witness it's hard for me to talk about God is it even worth it if if I don't get a Bible study if I can't get them to come to church am, am I even doing anything you're talking about a full course meal here when God is simply asking you to provide some crumbs. Sometimes the smallest gesture can have the greatest of impacts. Maybe it's nothing more than a smile. They know who you are in this town. They see the way that you live. There's questions no doubt there are people that desire to have the peace and the joy that you have and just don't know how to ask for it. I'm talking about crumbs. Just a little bit here and there. Just leave some crumbs. Whatever you receive today out of this service, when you leave here in this from this house of the Lord and you go home and you go to the store and you go to work tomorrow or to school, just shake yourself off and drop a few crumbs. There'll be somebody that's there to pick them up. 
Let the spirit that you carry within you, let it reverberate out of you and touch those that are around you. You don't have to do anything great and mighty. The crumbs are sometimes all that it takes. And sometimes the crumbs are all that they can handle in the beginning. Something small. Show them love. Show them compassion. Invite them to church. Tell them Jesus loves them. Maybe you don't speak to them at all, but something about them just brings them to your mind and you just kneel down in your home and you call their name out to the Lord if you know their name. And if you don't, you just just say, God, you know that person I saw today and he knows. Maybe it's something as simple as a prayer. Let's sing this song this morning. Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those that give generously to this ministry. If you would like more information, please visit our website at landmarkapostolicchurch.net. But have a great day and God bless.